Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, and Carl Morris. Visit patreon.com slash positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thanks to all of you for your support. And now, let the show begin. I have to say, it gives me great pleasure to be able to say these words. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Positively Trek. I am one of your hosts, Dan Gunther. And I'm I'm home. I'm here. I'm able to to record this podcast on my own equipment, not in some hotel room, and not missing weeks because I'm way up north. And uh, my co-host, who is always here and always steadfast and amazing, and did an amazing job taking the reins for all the episodes when I was gone, Bruce Gibson. Thank you so much for keeping the home fires burning here at Positively Trek. Oh my gosh, you're here. Like I was sitting here thinking, is this real? <laughs> Am I dreaming? It's really you. It's really you, Dan. I'm so you're happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, we missed you. It's like, uh, this is like, oh, okay. It's back to normal again. Not that, it, you know, I, I enjoyed all my other co-hosts, guests and stuff while you were gone. Had a great time with them, but it's always nice to have you back and have just the, the two of us together as always. Oh, that makes me so happy. I, I've been listening. I'm not quite finished listening to the latest episode. Uh, and actually, I haven't listened to the book club episode yet. But what I've heard, you did amazing. There's some great stuff. I loved uh, you and Katie talking about Lower Decks and uh, you and John Krikorian. What I've heard of that great episode. Yeah. I'm so excited to hear the rest of that, but I'm also really happy to be back. Absolutely. So let me ask you, you haven't listened to the book club with John Jackson Miller. Is it because you haven't had time to finish the book? <laughs> you kind of caught me there. Ah, I knew I'm it. not quite finished, but I'm also just not there yet in the podcast queue. But uh, yeah, I'm not quite finished the book. Really enjoying it, though. And really excited to listen to that. And uh, I've actually also already started on the next book club episode, kind of reading them back and forth a little bit right now, uh, because I don't want to get too far behind there. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to hear that episode. Yeah, it was fun catching up with John. I will say that before we started to record that episode, he and I probably talked for like 15 minutes or so or 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. We were geeking out about classic tv shows because he loves those i love them and and uh ed asner had recently passed away and so that kind of kicked off the conversation blah 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 right. and whatever so yeah it was fun but we missed you glad you're back talking about star trek once again and yeah let's do this yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to get into this. We have an all news episode today. We no real like central discussion topic, but that's because there's a ton of news that's come out in the last few days that we want to cover. So, uh, to start out with, we have some news from Star Trek Prodigy. I'm sure all of you out there have seen the opening title sequence. We're going to talk about that as well as some insights into some new characters and plot lines in that show. Uh, and then we have some Star Trek Picard news. They've wrapped on season two, moving on to season three. We'll talk a bit about that, as well as a really surprising character announcement for season two, which uh, a return of a big baddie from the TNG universe. So very excited to talk about that. And uh, we also have a new product that we're going to talk about that might be kind of fun from one of the big Star Trek license holders right now, Star Trek Unlimited. So uh, looking forward to talking about that as well. But before we get into all of that, Bruce, you took a little side trip, not much of a trip because it actually takes place where you live, but you were at DragonCon this weekend. I was. I just went one day on Sunday 
And uh, the main reason I was there was for my oldest daughter. She's into Miraculous, Ladybug, and Cat Noir. Uh, it's a series that you'll see like on Netflix or Disney or whatever. It's in different places. Uh, it's it's produced in France, and she just loves the show. So she was Ladybug, and people were taking her picture left and right. So she was surprised how many people were familiar with Ladybug, both young and old. And, well, when I say old, like, you know, my age, but <laughs> but not elderly, but and then, you know, Smallville was a thing that we had to go because she's seen all Smallville and is a big Smallville fan. So we had to go see them, you know, the actors from the show and the panel and get their autographs and all that stuff. So a lot of it was centered around her. But I did see some Star Trek people there. Anthony Rapp was there. I did see him. And I briefly talked to him. And then Mary Wiseman and her husband Noah were there. I got to talk to them, which was cool, too, because we got there so early that when they opened the autograph hall, there wasn't really many people there. So I just was like with my family and we were just like hanging out with them because nobody else was really around. So hmm. we were talking, you know, about marriage. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and now I know that Noah and I are the you know, quote, husbands, roll your eyes. That's what we were getting from my wife and Mary. So hmm. I, you know, I obviously, you know, we're just goofy, I guess is the way to put it. Um, Sneaker Martin Green was also there, but I never saw her. I don't know if she was attending today because her booth was totally empty and I never, there was any hmm. panels. So maybe was, she wasn't at the whole convention. And Garrett Wong, of course, was there because he runs the Star Trek track and I did see him. So when it comes to the actors, I saw that, but I didn't get to any panels, Star Trek related or anything like that. And I saw some people in Starfleet uniforms, but I didn't see Klingons or any other Star Trek aliens. Because of COVID, it was kind of toned down show you know there weren't as many people they had to cap as many people they could let in masks are required vaccinations are required mm. so it wasn't like a full convention like most of the time when you go to a dragon con or something else but it was still fun that's pretty cool there was one thing that i saw online that i wanted to ask you about because i i've seen that will wheaton has posted that uh, he's not attending any conventions this year because of everything that's going on but apparently Will Wheaton was cited at the convention with his own booth and everything. But uh, so I'll I'll tell you, apparently this guy just looks a little bit like Will Wheaton and was cosplaying as Will Wheaton and even set up this little booth saying, yes, that's right. It's the amazing Will Wheaton and had a little booth there to meet him. And and I should also say Will Wheaton is OK with this. <laughs> he was posting about it on Facebook, laughing about it. And uh, was genuinely touched by it, he said. But I'm wondering, did you get a chance to meet this uh, foe, Will Wheaton? I did not see this guy. No, I saw this <laughs> on Facebook afterwards that, I mean, I don't know where he was. He was not in the main hall where other people were doing autographs and such. So I don't know mm. really where he was stationed, but I never saw him. If I did, I would have walked up. I don't know how I would have felt about it because I would have been like, dude, are you really trying to make money pretending you're somebody that you're not? <laughs> like, you know, fooling people? Like, I, I don't know. Well, if you look at the poster, though, I do have to say it says autographs $45. That's crossed out. And then it says $35 under it. Then it's crossed out, says $25, crossed out $12.50, and then underneath that, free. So I, I think it was all, Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't notice that. I saw the $45. <laughs> I didn't know it was crossed out when I saw the picture. Okay, so that makes me feel better. So I would have been like more pleasant to him if I saw him. But uh, yeah, I would have walked to him and went, hey, nerds! You know, just like <laughs> Will Wheaton does on his show. But uh, no, I didn't see him. But now, if he's there next year, I'll be looking for him. That's awesome. Yeah, apparently, according to Will Wheaton, like like I said, he's not there or anything. But Felicia Day apparently texted him about this guy and took a picture and stuff. So I did uh, see her there. Yes. <laughs> all right on. I love her. I think she's amazing. So yeah. that's really cool. One day, it's on my bucket list. I do want to get out to Dragon Con. Um, a, because, you know, it's Dragon Con. It's a big event, big deal and stuff. And B, it's in your hometown where you live. And I'd love to visit you there and all that stuff. That so. would be cool. You're welcome anytime. And, you know, the other thing about this show is usually I'm on Star Wars panels. I mm -hmm. moderate or I'm a panelist or, on, or doing whatever. And I haven't been involved in any of that this year. 
I really want to do it with Star Trek, but oh, yeah. I haven't been able to get that gig yet. But we'll see. Hopefully in the future, I'll get to do something. That would be great. I'd love to record like a live Positively Trek as panelists or something somehow. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Well, I put the word out to some people, Positively Trek. No, not really. I didn't. I wish I had cards, but I don't. <laughs> you know, I should have done something like that, but I didn't think about it. Nah. Well, there's lots of time. We'll we'll get there for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, one thing you were telling me was uh, you did see some Star Trek cosplay, but not a lot from younger people. You said there's, you know, most of the people cosplaying Star Trek are kind of of a bit of the older generation. But we were saying that there might be something coming soon that might tilt the demographics of Star Trek a little younger, hopefully. I know CBS has their fingers crossed in this direction, and that, of course, is Star Trek Prodigy. And one thing that was released this past week is the main title sequence for Star Trek Prodigy, which I'm just going to come right out and say it looks and sounds beautiful. What did you think of this? Well, it's a typical Star Trek opening of a ship flying around, you know, and but yeah, it's beautiful. The animation, the visuals are stunning. I like even when the ship is going at one point, it's parting something that looks like the Delta symbol, you mm. know, it's a, it, it, and the music by Michael Giacchino is, is wonderful, who also composed Star Trek music for the three Kelvin timeline movies, you know, because I did ask him at that one STLV to write me a theme song. So <laughs> I, even though he didn't write me a theme song because he wanted me to give him money for it, I which I didn't do, I did think this Prodigy song could have been my theme song. This could have been what hmm. he would have written for me. Maybe he had you in mind when he wrote it. You know? I'd like to think that, yes, because I'm kind <laughs> of a prodigy, right? <laughs> oh, for sure, definitely. But yeah, these these credits are amazing. The music by, by Michael there is amazing, of course. And these visuals, I love that, like you say, it's it's typical of a Star Trek opening. It's kind of, I've seen it described as like the Voyager opening, but just like with the speed and everything ramped up to 11. But the one thing that I do like about it is we see all the characters, all the main characters from the show in the opening credits as well as like celestial objects that the the ship, the USS Protostar, is flying around and culminating, of course, with Janeway at the end before, you know, we see the title, Star Trek Prodigy. The one thing that I, I didn't notice until I was watching it a couple times was when it goes to warp or some really fast speed, there's like a third nacelle that pops out of the main body. And this design of this ship is really gorgeous. I really love it. Oh, I didn't notice the third nacelle. Okay. Yeah, you can kind of see it. So if you go in the Trek movie article I linked there and the still they have for the uh, the video of it, you can kind of see it there. Okay, yeah, now I'm seeing that. Yeah, I wonder if that's some slipstream type of nacelle, you know? That's what I wonder, because as we know, this takes place in the Delta Quadrant, and how did this ship get there so fast if, you know, it was sent after Voyager went back kind of thing. So maybe some sort of new propulsion system we haven't heard of before. Yeah, that would be cool because we saw a third nacelle on the Enterprise D and all good things. So I wonder if it's mm -hmm. kind of relating to that. In a yeah, sense. that kind of futury yeah. time period kind of thing. Yeah. I have to tell you, though, I do have a concern about this opening. Hmm. Um, one thing I wonder, first of all, is if it's going to have the voice actors' names in the opening. It doesn't in this video, but I wonder if they're going to place them in there like they do with Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. But my concern, though, is if this is the opening they put on every episode, it's a minute and a half long, and which is a little long for an opening for a kid's show like this. And I just, I mean, as much as I enjoy it, I am concerned, like, are kids going to get bored with it after every seeing it through different episodes that goes for a minute and a half? You know, it's like, I'm just thinking kids' attention spans, because I'm thinking of my kids when they were younger. Mm -hmm. I could see like my daughter starting to watch the show and then that theme song comes on and she's used to seeing it over and over again that she might like switch the channels. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying maybe. that's my only concern. Yeah. <laughs> well, to your first question, I'm assuming the voice actors names will be, be put on there because this was how they released the discovery opening credits and stuff before we saw them without the names and stuff. And then when it actually aired, they had added the names mm. and that kind of thing. 
And yeah, the the concern about the length, I did notice that as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is a bit long. But if you're watching it on Nickelodeon, presumably there's going to be commercials as well. So it just gives you a little extra time to go get snacks and drinks and that kind of thing. And if you're watching it on Paramount Plus, I'm assuming they have something similar to Netflix and Crave, which is the skip intro button. They so, don't. They don't. No. Wow. I keep waiting to see if they're going to do that because it seems like everybody else is doing that, but they don't do it. And I wish they would because we talked on a previous episode that you weren't on about Star Trek hmm. series leaving Netflix, some of them. And yeah. I typically watch them on Netflix so I could use that feature. Because I don't always hmm. want to sit through the theme songs. I love the theme songs. I love the openings. But, you know, sometimes I'm just like, okay, I've seen it enough. I just want to get moved forward. So I'll do the skip. But they don't do it on Paramount+. Plus, So <laughs> I'm hoping they'll have that option. Yeah. I do have to say, like, I love all of the openings and theme songs. All of them. And I do mean all of them. But yeah, for example, when my wife and I were watching Star Trek Enterprise, you would often hear, like, if you were listening in to us watching the episode, they'd be like, you know, dramatic moment. Then it goes to the credits. It's been a lot. And then the episode starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the skip intro button was used. Yes. Yeah. Quite a Especially bit. if you're like binge watching, you know, mm. a certain series, you don't want to always have to sit through that. But there are times where I take the remote, I'm about to hit skip. And I don't, and I go, no, I feel like watching it and hearing the music this time. <laughs> mm -hmm, for sure. Well, moving on to some more Star Trek Prodigy news, we did get a first look at some villains from Star Trek Prodigy as well. And uh, it had been announced that John Noble and Jimmy Simpson were part of the voice cast and they're the, the kind of villainous people. So the Diviner is apparently the big bad voiced by John Noble. And he's the father of main character Gwyn. John Noble, you might know from things like Lord of the Rings and Fringe. I love that guy. I'm so excited that he's a part of Star Trek now. And uh, Jimmy Simpson is apparently his robot henchman, Dreadnought. So <laughs> some interesting baddies here. And uh, we did get a look at Dreadnought as well. And this kind of red-eyed, evil-looking robot henchman thing. So... I don't know. What do you think of the addition of these characters? Well, I really didn't expect to have villains in Prodigy. I don't even know what I was expecting because we haven't really heard that much about it until recently. But I didn't expect there to be ongoing villains that we would have throughout the series. But I'm looking at the robot. We're not seeing the full body. We're just seeing really from the chest up. Mm -hmm. uh, I do like the red eyes and it's a very dark armored robot and... I'm curious, I, I, you know, just looking at the way it's leaning forward, I'm thinking, does it have more than two legs? Does it walk maybe? Yeah, it does like a spider. We did talk about it on, you weren't on the episode, but he he's like a spider-like robot. Oh, cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I guess what I was just thinking is actually true. I don't understand <laughs> this other thing, this this tube of liquid for the diviner uh, it's yeah it's kind of a fuzzy shot like a close-up it's not high resolution mm -hmm. yeah we haven't gotten a good look at him yet he's just in uh this one shot i guess and it's his back as well so yeah we don't see very much of him at all so his looks and his identity and stuff is a bit of a mystery and, and what he looks like here but speaking of mysteries, apparently there's kind of an overarching mystery to the series a bit as well. Uh, so the executive producers, Kevin and Dan Hageman, were talking about the show during the Television Critics Association's panel. And uh, yeah, apparently there's a bit of a mystery as the kids are on this ship, starting in the Delta Quadrant and working their way to the Alpha Quadrant, over the course of the series. So kind of following in Voyager's footsteps a little bit. So maybe lending an even more of a reason for why hologram Janeway would be a bit of a, a mentor for them. If they're kind of repeating her journey somewhat. Wait, 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 didn't we already have a series about trying to go from the Delta quadrant to the alpha quadrant? We're doing it again. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I do expect there'd be some slipstream type of like, this is probably a newer ship. 
since Voyager got stuck into the Delta Quadrant. So I don't think they're going to be sitting there going, well, let's head to the Alpha Quadrants. Could take us about 70 years to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be very different in that respect, for sure. I think that if I wonder if they are going to get to the Alpha Quadrant fairly early in this Mm -hmm. and because you know when we've talked about some of the aliens that we've seen in the cast we're like but these are alpha quadrant aliens so it makes me wonder if they quickly get to the alpha quadrant and that's where they pick up these other characters that's what i wonder as well like you know so many times we've found out about star trek series and like all of the pre-series stuff is just the first episode right yeah so we're picturing this series that's going to take place in the delta quadrant and all this stuff but maybe that's like the first episode and that's it like remember when star trek discovery was first airing and we found out it was going to be a show about a first officer instead of a captain and blah blah. and burnham's only the first officer for the first two episodes before she you know has her fall from grace so this could be something very similar that's true. That's a good point. And I also can imagine the executives at CBS and Nickelodeon sitting around saying, wait, if it's in the Delta Quadrant, that means we can't have Klingons on this kid show or Rami. Like, we'd want to have that. Well, we'll make a slipstream whatever type of, you know, ship and it can go the Alpha Quadrant, it can go in the Beta Quadrant. We can go all over the place, you know, so maybe it jumps all over the galaxy. That could be, yeah. I, The more I find out about this series and the more that I see about it, the more excited I am. Like, I know it's geared towards kids, but I have a feeling I am going to enjoy the heck out of this show. Yes. Well, I've heard David Max say it more than once that this is his favorite Star Trek since Deep Space Nine. So we'll see. Oh, that makes me so excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> Well, moving from Star Trek Prodigy to a little bit more of the adult side of the Star Trek universe, uh, we we received word this week that Star Trek Picard has wrapped production on season two, but they're not done. They're not taking a break right now because they're moving directly on to season three. Now, if you remember back earlier this year, there were kind of reports that season two and three were going to be done back to back simultaneously kind of thing. And that does seem to be the case as uh, on social media, there's been reference made to being half done that kind of thing. You know, they're done season two, but they're just jumping right into season three So I'm excited for that. That means, of course, that we are getting a season three of Picard. And the fact that those two are kind of more back to back might be might mean that they're a little more interconnected. I don't know. That might be a bit of a a jump to assume that. But maybe there is kind of a a continuing story between the two seasons there. Yeah, there could be or or strongly connected in some manner. It could, yeah, definitely could be. What excites me is that we could get season three, not long after season two. I don't expect it, of course, to air the next week, but it could just be mm-hmm. six months later. You know, it may not take that long. They may even put it on the shelf for a little while and say, okay, where do we have a hole between all these other Star Trek series? And we'll just fill that hole with the third season of Picard. But again, I think it would be within a year. I don't think we would Mm -hmm. have to wait much longer. Yeah, I'm so excited either way. But yeah, that's a really good point that there could be maybe less of a a stretch of time because yeah, 2021 has gone by without any Star Trek Picard, right? And a lot of that is because of the pandemic and that sort of thing. So at the very least, I don't think there'll be a full year between the two seasons. So that'll be really nice. So... John Kirkorian and I were talking on a previous episode here about what what we think is going to happen next year, what order the series. So I'm just curious from Mm. you, what series do you think we're going to get in order in 22? That's a good question. I know I've made guesses before, but I can't remember what I said and I haven't really thought about it lately. I would think Picard before Strange New Worlds and the only reason for that is that we've already gotten a couple trailers for Picard and we've seen nothing from Strange New Worlds yet. So uh, I think, I feel like Discovery is going to, if it doesn't, if it isn't delayed all the way until next year, it will spill over into next year. So I think Discovery, Picard, then Strange New Worlds is kind of my immediate guess. 
I don't know. I can't remember. I think that's what John said. I can't even remember what I said now. But <laughs> if I'm changing my answer, then it just shows you I'm wishy-washy on this. So, but yeah, Discovery. But I think I was thinking Strange New Worlds, then Picard. And I think hmm. it's that way in my mind because we know Strange New Worlds has wrapped production. There was That entered my mind, too. And I was like, that's why I hesitated a little bit because, uh, yeah. That's it's interesting. It's very strange that we haven't gotten anything from Strange New Worlds yet, which I'm assuming they're going to release something. Uh, if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out tomorrow on Star Trek Day, which I'm very excited about. Now, I, I'm assuming you and John talked about Star Trek Day and the events coming up. Yes, we did. And I will say that I was very excited because I was poo-pooing this when I heard the announcement because it's on a weekday. I'm like, why do they always do these things on a weekday when I'm at work? And, you know, it's hard to watch the panels until I realized it's at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. I think those were the times. But uh, I was like, oh, I, I that's after work. I can watch them. So in real time. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I have nothing planned for that day. I remember last year and I think Captain Picard Day I had something going on both of those days and but this year I'm just I'm clearing my schedule. I'm sitting down in front of my computer with a notebook and Twitter and that's what I'm doing and I'm so excited for it. <laughs> Maybe we should watch it together over Zoom. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, by the way, when I was at DragonCon, I was wearing my disco shirt. Oh, that's good. So when I would that's see awesome. the actors, because I have you know the lanyard and badge on, every time I saw, th- I think they thought maybe I would be hanging myself because I would pull the lanyard and the badge <laughs> over my head and go, "Look what I'm wearing!" And even Mary Wiseman's like, "Oh yeah, I wore that shirt before." I'm like, "You're the first one I ever saw wear it." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, now did you uh, did you talk to Mary Wiseman about coming on the show? I did. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. And- when she's scheduled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I did mention it, so just we'll we'll wait and see. Very cool. All right. Okay. <laughs> I knew you would because you're awesome that way. <laughs> Let's just say this. I said you're invited to come on the show, but I know you won't. That's what Aww. I said to her. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not gonna yeah. tell you what was said afterwards. I had kind of a similar conversation with uh Mary Chifo once at uh Vulcan in Vulcan, Alberta. So yeah, okay. I'm, I'm curious. I'll, I'll I'll ask you after we're done recording the rest of that conversation. But okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I say, I think Strange New Worlds, we're going to finally see something on Star Trek Day. I mean, we better at this point because it's getting kind of silly that we haven't seen anything. Yeah, Picard I'm excited about, especially with this latest piece of casting news. For Star Trek Picard. Now, if you don't want to know anything more about Picard beyond uh, what's already been revealed and that kind of thing, this is kind of out there and and in. So I, I don't know if you've managed to avoid this little spoiler, dear listener, uh, but uh, maybe skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to know anything. But we're really excited that Star Trek Picard season two has cast the Borg Queen for the season. Now, this is interesting. And the more I learn about the plot of season two, the more I'm like, what's going on here? We've got time travel back to the 21st century. We've got alternate timelines and the Borg queen played by Annie Wershing, who is no stranger to Star Trek. She uh, guest starred in the episode Oasis in Enterprise season two or no season one. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, alongside Rene Aubergenois, who also guested in that episode. But uh, yeah, I, I'm so, this has kind of left me reeling because I was really surprised to see this news. What do you think of this, Bruce? Yeah, I was surprised too. Of course, I wasn't expecting the Borg Queen. Of course, we're always returning to the Borg when Picard's involved, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I'm pleased about it because uh, I don't think the Borg Queen is somebody that just gets killed. We've seen that happened before we think she's dead but she's not really there's multiple boar queens or there's timey-wimey stuff going on with the boar queen whatever it is uh but it would be nice because we did see the boar queen's lair or whatever on the first season of picard so she was mentioned 
uh, during that season. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. And again, this could be an alternate timeline because we see there's going to be some weird alternate time things, parallel universes or whatever, alternate realities and Picard this next season. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how they play it out, but I'm pleased to see this. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm always surprised at some of the, and I, I, I this is going to sound harsher than I mean it, but like the lack of imagination of some Star Trek fans out there, because immediately, as soon as this gets announced, you see people posting like, yeah, but she died in Voyager's Endgame. How can they bring her back? And I'm like, yeah, she also died in First Contact and in the best of both worlds, we found out, because as Picard says in First Contact, but that cube was destroyed with all the Borg on board. How did you survive? And her answer is, you think in such three-dimensional terms how small you've become. So from her very first introduction, it was already like, but you died. Yeah, I know. Like, this isn't new. And then, of course, added into the alternate timeline thing that you mentioned. There's just limitless possibilities. So I, sometimes people surprise me that I'm like, really? That's that's the complaint? Okay. I know, but you know, I'm so glad you <laughs> mentioned that line that she says in the movie because I want to use that line on social media anytime says, no, but this, this can't happen, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to use that line about how small you are, you know, you can't think in <laughs> three dimensions or you only think in three dimensions or whatever. You know, I, I love that because it's true mm-hmm. i mean you have to look i mean you have to be creative right you gotta think outside the box you know the rules you think you know the rules but the rules aren't always the rules you just assume the rules but also rules are meant to be broken and the thing about this is this is a creative endeavor so let people play these things out and see how they do it and sometimes yeah you can go too far and they go to the well too often you know maybe it's always like well every time somebody dies they always come back i mean that can get old so you know there's criticism on that but you know give it a chance and see how they handle it before you start poo-pooing on it yeah i i also love like some people are saying like oh the borg queen again we've done the borg queen so many times and as much as it hates me to see this particular number the last time we saw the borg queen was over 20 years ago so I think we're okay to have her come back. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, she's in Star Trek, right? This is Star Trek. It only makes sense to have her there. But yeah. I, I, I mean, I kind of get what they're saying. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I do wish we, as I was saying, going to the well a little too often. I'm not saying that, but I'd like to see some more originality in things. But uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're not going to see originality in season two. We may see new characters and new aliens or new situations that we've never seen in Star Trek before. And so we've got some familiar mixed in with the strange and different and the new. But, uh, I mean, why not have, and I, I'm kind of kidding, but in some ways I'm not. But, you know, why not have the Borg princess? You know, we have the queen, <laughs> have the Borg princess. Yeah, you could actually develop a new type of i'm not saying it should be a borg princess but develop a new type of borg type of character like when we saw first contact well that was different we never seen a borg queen we never even heard of a borg queen what is this right i want Mm. something like that again so now you mentioning a borg princess makes me think of like some future timeline where disney has bought star trek and then the Borg princess becomes a Disney princess. I would be very pleased with that. The Borg princess and Snow White and Ariel together. Yes. <laughs> and then you turn your back and you turn back around and there's just like 10 Borg princesses. And you're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> yes. All the Disney princesses get Borgified. They're all Borg. Yep. Yes. There you go. Well, the the one thing I want to talk a bit more about with regards to this story as well is the casting of Annie Wershing. And I do have to say, like, there's a lot of pictures out there with her next to the Borg Queen, like just two photos side by side. And I got to say, I think at least looks wise, they made a great choice because I can totally see those facial features. So the Borg Queen, of course, was played by Alice Kriege in First Contact, as well as Voyager's Endgame and Susanna Thompson in the Borg Queen's other appearances in Voyager. Um, both of those actors are, I think, in their late 60s now. So, you know, they're getting up there to kind of play this this kind of leaf Borg queen or whatever. And I 
I don't know. I got to say looks wise, she looks like she can really step into those shoes or I don't know if Borg wear shoes, but into that makeup anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think they wear like Nike. Uh, yeah. Like Borg Nike. But you know, the, the Nike Borg sponsorship is, has long been established. I mean, yeah, yeah that relationship goes back it's very a far. Borgified swoosh on the shoe. <laughs> but Alice and Susanna, I mean, when Susanna replaced Alice as the Borg queen and then Alice came back, I mean, I didn't really think they looked all that different, you know? Mm. I, I, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, though. I think Annie looks like she could be a Borg queen. She kind of has that similar look as the other two actresses have. So, yeah, and I don't think the Borg queen has to look identical at each time. That's true, even, too. Yeah. Right? So... Um, yeah, I think this is a good choice. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out. And for all we know, they even might design her a little differently. That's true. Yeah. I mean, this whole era of Star Trek has been one of reinvention and slightly tweaked and updated looks. So I'd actually be quite surprised if there weren't at least some subtle differences between uh, the Borg Queen that we've seen on Voyager and First Contact. Well, and you know, if John Delancey is on cameo again, we might find out more about the Borg Queen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, they're bringing him back and we have an order queue. We could have had an order Borg Queen. Or what they should have done is replace John Delancey with another actor to play Q. And that could have been Will Wheaton. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine Will Wheaton is the new Q? That would have been yep. so cool. <laughs> he flashes into Picard's study and says, hey, nerds. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see, like, we, we haven't seen any looks for this board queen or anything like that. I'm excited for our first look. I'm wondering what else is coming in season two that we don't know about. Like, because... They've let a lot of interesting tidbits go. We know Q's coming. We know there's time travel. We know there's the Borg Queen. I've got to wonder if they're keeping like some stuff in their back pocket that's going to be like even bigger surprises. I don't know. Maybe I'm just building it up too much, but I'm like, there's got to be some other stuff that we have no idea about. There are several times on the show where I call something. I'll say, this is what I think is going to happen. I'm calling it, write it down, and I never write it down, but I should start writing it down. And here I'm going to call one thing right now. Gates McFadden will be Beverly Crusher in season two. We will hmm. see it. That will be the big surprise because we're going to see different aspects of Picard's life, either in an alternate reality or a past thing or something, or whatever it's going to be. And we're all going to be astounded to see oh, there's Dr. Crusher with Picard. I'm calling it now. I wouldn't put it past them. I like that theory. I think that's... I think that's interesting. But now the actress has said she's not on, but, you know. So did Marina Sirtis, though, for right. season one. I don't believe right? anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't hold it against them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just do They're just following the rules of their NDA, which uh, some actors lately have not been doing a good job of. I don't know. Again, I'm not sure if you guys discussed this last week. I think this news actually came out the week before the week before's episode and we I, I neglected to mention it or bring it up or anything. But Robert Beltran at at a convention, right? And ended up saying that he's gonna be in Star Trek Prodigy. I'm glad you brought that up. I I'm not that sure. I think yeah, there was something he said, but then I thought I saw some animation of him, but maybe that was fan done, because Katie and I talked about that, I think, on our lower decks review. She brought it mm, up. Okay. And I haven't seen that since. So maybe it was a fan made thing, because he looked really young. A young yeah. Chicote. I do know that like he did let it slip that he will be on the show though. As far as that that particular animation, I don't know if that's real or not. Yeah. But because I haven't seen uh, it since that animation. Yeah. I'm really curious about, because it, it sounds like it was not something that was meant to be released. But yeah, I, I wonder if we'll see more Voyager characters, because I listened to Weekly Trek, um, Alex Perry's show on the Tricorder Transmissions Network. He was talking about it with his co-star, and he was talking about Roxanne Dawson's reaction when Robert Beltran said that. Like, she was like, oh, I don't think you're supposed to talk that bring that up or something like that and robert beltran obviously just didn't care and kept talking about it and apparently was like should i ah what the heck so it makes me wonder if like roxanne dawson already knew about that 
and therefore maybe also is going to be in Star Trek Prodigy and had signed it and just like, I'm not saying anything. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a bunch of the Voyager characters, because I know you and I have speculated that we might see Robert Picardo as the doctor, maybe, uh, and some other characters and stuff. So maybe it's a just a whole Voyager reunion. You never know. Didn't we see in this Trek movie article, we were talking earlier about Prodigy. Didn't we see there was tweets from someone that uh, associated with the show that said we may see some, we will be seeing some Voyager characters? So yeah, this the article does say uh, it was also confirmed again that some legacy characters, in addition to Janeway, will make their way into Prodigy. Uh, and of course, they do make mention of the fact that Robert Beltran did let it slip uh, at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. But uh, yeah, it does sound like there's going to be a few more. This tweet does say the brothers Hageman just confirmed that we will be seeing some more familiar faces from the Star Trek universe in Star Trek Prodigy. So, uh, oh, the other thing that I just remembered was there was an interview with Mike McMahon on lower about lower decks where he was saying that they trade notes with the other shows quite a bit. And he said there were instances and he didn't say any names, but where we wanted to bring a character back, but they were going to do it on star Trek prodigy. So we compared notes and decided like to tweak our showing of that character based on what they're going to do with them on prodigy. So my immediate thought went to Tom Paris because we've already seen him, but maybe other characters in future episodes that we haven't seen as well. So there's going to be a few, I think for sure. Well, I don't know. We can ask John Delancey. Let's uh, pay for a cameo thing and we'll, we'll find everything from him. He probably knows what's going on in all the shows. Actually, no, he doesn't. First of all, I did want to mention this. We were talking about the opening of Prodigy. We've talked about the villains. We've talked about Picard having the Borg Queen. Why are we getting all this information now and not on Star Trek Day? I mean, why didn't they just hold this for like another week? I'm just surprised mm -hmm. by that they released all this in the past week when they had Star Trek Day coming. This stuff would have been great to premiere then. So it makes me wonder, you know, how much more we're going to get more stuff, right? So this is what I'm saying. Yeah, like there might be stuff that is going to totally blow our minds. Like if this is the preamble, who knows what's going to be revealed further on Star Trek Day and then what's going to be revealed when the show's actually aired that we don't get any hint of at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think it's going to be a really fun year for Star Trek. I'm really excited for all of this. I want to know the date for Prodigy. That's what I'm hoping to find out on Star Trek Day. Yeah. I th I think we, we'd better definitely find that date out as well as maybe a discovery drop date as well. I'm not sure. Well, the last bit of news doesn't have to do with any currently airing Star Trek or anything like that. Instead, this is another new Star Trek collectible product that you can pick up. This one's a little different because it could actually be a little useful around the house. And uh, this is from the company Star Trek Unlimited. They're the ones that really are releasing their uh, Star Trek Lower Decks Tom Paris collector's plate. Uh, but they're releasing their second release, which is a prop replica of Geordi's toolkit from Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, what I find funny about this, of course, is the original toolkit that they used on the show was basically a, a retail available case that was for toting around cassette tapes. So like, it's kind of come full circle, right? Where they based the pro the, the, they built the prop out of a commercially available thing. And now decades later, they're making a commercially available prop rec replica based on that prop. So it's kind of weird that like, you know, for whoever didn't go out and buy this cassette tote case back in the day and modify it yourselves, you can buy one now that's actually a toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, this does look like one of those cassette tape carriers because my wife still has hers. It's sitting right outside oh. of this room because I have a storage room outside of my room here. And it's it's in there. I keep telling her 
shouldn't we just get rid of all those tapes? Why are you even keeping them? Because <laughs> you know you can you're never listening to them. You don't have a tape player, and second, you know it, they're on Spotify. If you wanted to, you know, and, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I already have one. <laughs> you just need to modify it and make yeah. it into Jordy's case. Yeah. I don't know if I would get this. I mean, because first of all, I, my, I would love this because <laughs> this is a toolkit that I would actually want to have. I've never been excited about a toolkit. This is one I would want to have, but it's just not practical. Like, because it comes with the tools in there, but I mean, some of these I might use, but it wouldn't, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd still have to have my regular toolkit with the hammer and other things. Cause it wouldn't fit into this, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, this might be decent to have. This would be a good father's day gift. It would be fun. There's a bunch of useful stuff in there. There's like wire strippers and uh, so, okay. The, to- the full list of things that are available in this kit. So it, it does look exactly like, or is really close to the one that Jordy carried and I think the picture they use in this Trek Core article is him about to beam over to the Packled ship in the TNG season two episode Samaritan Snare. So that that little gray case that he carries around, right? And in this case, they have a pry knife, a mini suction cup, a magnetized bit holder, prolong bar, six inch wire cutter, nine millimeter utility knife, steel ruler, metal pry bar, electrostatic ring, small suction cup plus SIM card tools anti-static cloth, two plastic pry bars, two pry tools, three metal pry bars, three precision tweezers, four spudgers. And I actually had to look up what a spudger is for this story because what the heck's a spudger? Um, For the record, it's a tool used to uh, pry apart two things that are like sealed together. You kind of wedge it in between them or something. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. Um, there's also 20 cable ties and 54 precision screwdriver bits. So I don't know why there'd be a, I guess a small suction cup, maybe to pick things up. I, there's some stuff in here. I'm like, why is this in here? I don't know, but it could be useful. I think, you know. Yeah. I mean, these are things that I don't have. So maybe it would be good to have because some of these things would be like, oh, you know what? This little device or this little suction cup may come in handy right now, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I do love cable ties, by the way, so I'm glad that's there. <laughs> <laughs> They're so handy, absolutely. Well, yeah, so the tools inside and, and the bits and bobs are actually useful, but when you buy this thing, you're definitely paying for the prop replica aspect of it because it does have on the outside the Starfleet Delta from TNG, and it says on it, engineering field kit, and it's, you know decked out to look like that case. Uh, and it has a price tag of eighty nine ninety nine. Uh, you can order that from Star Trek Unlimited. So like I say, you're paying for the prop replica aspect of it and the tools, while useful, you could definitely get those cheaper in another case of some kind. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you're handy around the house or you just want something that looks like Jordy's engineering kit, this is available. I've been really keeping an eye on the marketing of Star Trek lately and just noticing how much they use the TOS Star Trek logo on everything now. And like that is the standard logo. And now this is a TNG product. They even show there's an image of Picard and, you know, the TNG cast on this on the packaging for this box. But it's got the TOS Star Trek logo, or I should say now the franchise Star Trek logo, and not Mm -hmm. the Star Trek The Next Generation logo. And I wanted to point this out, too, because we have a new comic that's releasing this week, and it is issue zero of The Mirror War. And it's a Mirror Universe comic series that's coming out that features the TNG cast that is a sequel to some other... TNG mirror universe comics that we've gotten. But again, on the cover, they don't use Star Trek Next Generation anymore. It's the TOS Star Trek logo, which is odd Mm -hmm. to see on a TNG comic. So it seems like we're moving more and more that that logo is the Star Trek logo for everything. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who buys Star Trek model kits, so for example, the USS Voyager model kit was recently released. It uses that same Star Trek franchise logo logo. It just says Voyager underneath and it has Janeway in the corner, but it's that same 
uh, harmonized look with that little wedge on the left, on the right hand side with the characters and that kind of thing. So yeah, that definitely is something that obviously is coming from CBS consumer products and they're dictating that that design is to be used for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in this. I don't know if I'll buy it, but, uh, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. I like that. It's different, you know, the Tom Paris collector's plate and then this toolkit it's they're doing some interesting things with Star Trek products and that's good to see. Yeah, I don't I mean I probably won't get it but I would put it on a list if somebody said, "Oh, well, I want to get you something for, you know, holidays, birthday or whatever." I that might I might go, "Oh, that's something when buy for myself, but if you want to spend that money and get that for me, sure. I'd love to have that actually." <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps up all the Star Trek news from this week. Uh, We're going to have, obviously, a lot more news next week after Star Trek Day and that whole announcement. Really excited for all of that. Really curious as to see what we're going to get. It looks like it's going to be a bigger event than the last year's Star Trek Day. So I'm, I'm so excited for all of the things that will be revealed and all of that sort of stuff. But that's for next week's episode. If you want to talk about anything that we discussed in this week's episode, please reach out to us, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com or on Twitter at PositivelyTrek. Uh, Patreon.com slash PositivelyTrek. Send us a message on there. If you are feeling generous and want to help out the show, we'd really appreciate your help there as well. Thank you to all of the Patreon supporters who have already helped us out. We really do appreciate all of your assistance in bringing this show to you. And Bruce, when people want to talk to you about the Jordy LaForge toolkit or anything else that we talked about today, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral, the underline Rex. And then you can also occasionally hear me on Literary Treks and on the Star Wars Report podcast. And Dan, you're back. You're back. I'm back. I'm back for the foreseeable future. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Kurtratz. You can find me on youtube.com slash Kurtratz Productions. I'm going to be getting that back into gear pretty quick here. Instagram, Kurtratz47. And of course, on Facebook in the Positively Trek discussion group. So I've been noticing a lot of people are liking Positively Trek, the page on Facebook. Make sure to also search for Positively Trek discussion group and join there. There's always great conversations happening and little to no flame wars between people because it's such an awesome welcoming group of people and i love it so yeah look forward to seeing you there and until our next episode thank you so much for listening and stay positive Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.